Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us once again this Sunday for Worship in the Word here at the International Community Church. This morning, I wanted to take time out very quickly just to welcome our new guests once again. We, we try to do this every Sunday because we want to make sure that our new guests, number one, feel welcome. We want you to know that we consider it a great honor and a wonderful privilege that you have chosen to tune in to our online broadcast today. So if you'll do us a favor, we would just simply like to reach out to you and say thanks for tuning in. Text the word hello, that's H-E-L-L-O. Text the word hello to this number. You ready? 301-328-1297. That's 301-328-1297. Or you can go to our church website, which is located at iccog.org. That's iccog.org. And click on the I'm New image to fill out our digital connect card there. Thank you again for joining us. Today we're getting right into the Word of God once again. Today this we are we are focusing on part two, part two of our sermon series entitled Vertigo. Last Sunday, the title of the first part of this series was Which Way Is Up? Today we are focusing on the second part of this series entitled I Choose Joy. I choose joy. Can you say that with me this morning? I choose joy. You see, we have a choice every day whether we're going to choose joy or whether we're going to choose sadness, whether we're going to choose victory or whether we're going to choose defeat. We all have a choice. So let's get into the Word of God today and let's hear what the Word of God has to say to us about choosing joy in our sermon series entitled Vertigo. Let's do our Bible pledge together. Everybody ready? Here we go. This book is the infallible word of God. Christ is its star, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. This book declares that God loves me as I am, but will not leave me where he finds me. I am not what I can be, but I am not what I used to be. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do, and I can be all that it says I can be. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said, amen. Please join me today for the reading of our text taken from Psalm 119. We're going to start together with verse 124. Are you ready? Here we go. Deal with your servant according to your love and teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. It is time for you to act, Lord. Your law is being broken. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Will you join with me in prayer at this time? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Your word is life. Your word is truth. 
God, we ask you to anoint our ears to hear and anoint our hearts to receive what the spirit of the living God desires to breathe into our hearts and our lives and let us be changed forever by the power of your word and by the authority of the glorious name of Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And it's in his mighty name we pray these things together. And the church said, amen and amen. Thank you so much again for joining us this Sunday morning. Vertigo is a medical term. Vertigo is a term which is defined, and I quote, the dizziness or the disorientation of the head due to repeated revolutions which cause the loss of balance, a, a loss of direction, and severe disorientation. Last Sunday, I shared this illustration and I wanted to share it again today to keep us on track. The pilot of a plane grew desperate while flying his airplane. He became desperate due to thick fog which had enveloped his aircraft. The fog had become so thick that suddenly, suddenly the pilot cannot tell which way was up and which way was down. He was experiencing disorientation. The pilot all of a sudden began to plummet the plane toward the ground in a terrible nosedive. The control tower began to shout through the microphone to the pilot, you've got to pull up, you've got to pull up or you're going to crash into the runway. Out of pure terror, out of pure horror, that pilot frantically shouts back, which way is up? Somebody please tell me which way is up. Seconds later, there was total silence over the radio. The control tower helplessly watched as the disoriented pilot fatally flew his plane into the, the ground, tragically ending the pilot's life. The cause of the pilot's death was listed as vertigo, vertigo. Again, vertigo is the name of this series. Today, it is vertigo. I choose joy. The title of our message and series is talking, we're talking about God's answer to the disorientation of our society today. You see, I believe that this is what our world is crying out today more loudly and more desperately than it has ever cried it out before. They're crying out, which way is up? Which way is up? And they're looking to somebody for the answer. I want to submit to you today that times change, seasons change, cultures change, circumstances are always changing, but the God of heaven does not change. Neither does his eternal word. Listen, God's word never changes. God's word is eternal, just like God himself is eternal. 
God's truth may not be fashionable today, but God's truth is never irrelevant. And God's truth will never become outdated. Jesus said in Luke chapter 16 and verse 17, he said, and it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. You see, it's like this. We need to let God be God of our lives again. Instead of everybody trying to be a God to themselves, we need to allow the God of heaven today to be who he is. You see, this is the truth that I wanna share with you, church. God can't do a new thing in us until we are ready to let go of the old thing. Let me say that again for emphasis. God can't do a new thing in our lives until we are ready to let go of the old thing. You see, Christ isn't coming back to this earth to take sides. How many know today that Jesus Christ one day is gonna return to this earth not to take sides, but to take over? When Jesus talks about the way up, He uses four words as we began to talk about last Sunday, but didn't get very far into. Jesus used four words. He said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It's interesting to note that every time Christ spoke those four words, be of good cheer, He always spoke them during a time of some form of crisis. You see, the first time that Jesus said, be of good cheer, Jesus declared in the gospel of Matthew, the miracle of forgiveness. It's in Matthew chapter nine, verses one and two, that Jesus speaks to us and he says, or or the Bible says, so Jesus got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to Jesus a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer. There it is again, be of good cheer. Then he said, notice what he said next. This is important. Your sins are forgiven you. First, the way up means that you are going to experience a miracle of God's grace. Listen, Jesus Christ died on Calvary that we all may experience the amazing grace of God. There has been enough offense to go around many times over, and I think we can all agree with that. Guilt belongs to everyone. Guilt belongs to us all. Forgiveness and grace is the only thing that will calm the madness of this world. Forgiveness and grace is the only thing that has the power to mend broken relationship. Grace has the power to mend a broken marriage. Grace has the power to mend relationships in our families that have been disconnected. We are living in a political season. Of course we are. We just went through or actually still going through the presidential election here in our country. 
But if you know me and you are familiar with with International Community Church, then you know that we shun politics in the church. The reason we shun politics in the church is because politics and warfare follow the same fundamental principle. Do you know what that principle is today? It's win, W-I-N, win. ICC's policy on politics is for us to leave our politics or our political affiliations rather at the door. Don't bring the bitterness of that world in here. The only authentic rule in the political world is to do whatever you have to do. Go as low as you have to go. Ruin however many people's careers and however many people's reputations without getting caught doing it. The only thing that matters, folks, in the world of politics today, this is regardless of what your political affiliation is, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, or whether you're an Independent, the only thing that really matters in the world of politics is winning. And they'll do whatever they need to do in order to win. We have seen this very principle demonstrating this election season. Our country has witnessed more division, more infighting, more distrust than it has witnessed for many, many years. Friendships that have endured for decades, I have heard and I've learned, have been decimated over this political election Families are not even speaking to one another in some places over this presidential election. You know what I've learned? I've learned that politics and war are governed by the same principles. Winston Churchill said this about war. Winston Churchill said, and I quote, war will never decide who's right, only who is left. Jesus said, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. You see, politics only deal with surface problems in our society. Politics fall far short of holding the real answers to our real human dilemma. While the political world futilely spins its wheels addressing the symptoms of society's chaos, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, offers this world the only antidote for the core problem that is ailing the whole world today, and that problem is sin. The Word of God defines the problem as sin. You see, sin is the cause of suffering. Sin is the cause of division. Sin is the cause of strife. Sin is the cause of death and everything that death brings with it. You see, when Jesus Christ entered this lost and dying world, I want you to hear me. Jesus went deeper. He went much, much deeper than surface problems that this world faces It was Ernest Hemingway in his short story, The Capital of the World, that told the story about a father and his teenage son who lived in Spain. 
the relationship between that father and son had become very strained, so strained as a matter of fact that that son ran away from home. And finally the father became so desperate to find his son that he took out an ad in the Madrid newspaper. He took out an ad in the newspaper as a last resort. You see, his son's name was Paco a very common name in Spain. The article read, and I quote, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the Madrid newspaper office tomorrow at noon. All is forgiven. I love you, son. The next day at the Union newspaper office, the story goes that there were some 800 Pacos all looking for forgiveness. Dr. Paul Walker, former general overseer of the Church of God, wrote this, and I quote, a lot of our problems come from the twisted life that is inside of us. Psychologists tell us today that over 60% of disease, of illness is psychosomatically induced psychosomatically induced. In other words, there is some twist in the emotions, which is the root of illness. So often our outward turmoil, so often the outward chaos that causes so much turbulence on the outside gets into the inside. So often our outward turmoil is a byproduct of the inner turmoil that is churning in our hearts, that is wreaking havoc on our relationships and pointing us all to the need of one thing, God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness. See, here's the principle. You can't have peace in your relationships without making peace with God first. Let me say that again. You cannot have peace in your relationships without making peace with God. You see, I believe we have on the screen an image of a triangle that, that says it all, says it all. So often, we don't understand what's going on in our relationships. But what we need to understand today is that our relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, must be right before we can get all the other relationships of our lives in place and in proper order. You see, it takes our relationship with God to be right through the person of Jesus Christ God's son in order for our relationships on earth to be right as well. It all begins with our relationship with Christ. It was Jesus who said in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all of these other things shall be added to you. Jesus saw that this you see, Jesus Christ saw that this man's paralysis here in our text, he saw that this man's paralysis went beyond his physical need. Did you hear that? He saw that this paralytic, his need was greater than just his physical paralysis. 
Jesus Christ peered into this man's soul. He peered into this man's heart and he saw a deeper need, a greater need that was not so obvious to the rest of the world. Christ did not come to this earth to become just a politician. Jesus Christ came into this world offering to this world uh, answers that were not superficial, answers that solved our all uh, our fundamental need, and that is the need for forgiveness. Christ didn't come to offer this world an answer. No, he didn't. Jesus Christ came to this world to be the answer that this lost and dying world really needs. This paralytic's outward need was obvious. Anybody could see the man could not walk. But what wasn't so obvious to anybody else except to Christ was this paralytic's inward need of grace. His inward need for forgiveness. You see, Jesus looked deeper than this man's physical need. Listen, church, listen, everybody. Jesus can see beyond the surface of our hearts. Jesus can see beyond the surface of our outward needs. And I don't know what that outward need is today. It can be all kinds of things today. It can be financial needs. It can be the need for healing. It can be the need for, 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 for some kind of cleansing of a disease. I don't know. It could be the need of reconciliation in your most enduring relationships, your relationship with your spouse or your relationship with your children. But listen, Jesus looked deeper. Jesus will see deeper and he sees deeper than our surface needs today. Jesus Christ not only has the power to minister to our physical infirmities, Jesus Christ holds the power to minister to our greatest need of all, forgiveness. Jesus spoke to the paralytic. Listen to what he said. Jesus said, you have been lying on that bed of doubt and that bed of defeat for far too long. Jesus spoke to the paralytic saying, Take up your bed and walk because your sins have been forgiven. You see, Jesus saw beyond the paralytic's physical need and he dealt with his innermost need first. God is primarily concerned today about the state of your soul much more than he is concerned about the appetite of your stomach. Matthew chapter 18, verse 8 and 9, Jesus sets this precedent. Listen to what Christ says. He said, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, he said, cut it off and cast it from you. He said, it is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, Jesus said, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes and to be cast into the fires of hell. Jesus is more concerned about our spiritual dysfunction today 
Jesus is more concerned about our spiritual dilemmas today, our, our sin need, our sin problem that fragments our families, that destroys our relationship with God himself than, than he is about our physical or our financial needs. Jesus is more concerned about our need for forgiveness today than he is about our physical needs today, the outward needs today that we have. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It doesn't matter what your background is today. It doesn't matter you know, where you come from or how many times you've blown it. Let me tell you a secret. We've all blown it. Let me tell you a secret today. Your pastor has blown it many, many times. But you know what? God's grace is still sufficient. God's mercy is still present. God's love is still unconditional. It doesn't matter how many relationships have fallen by the wayside. You will find the way up today through the miracle of forgiveness in the person of Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Savior of this world. The two simple words, friend, I'm sorry, holds more power to heal and more power to restore what has been wrecked by sin than any earthly medicine that we have today. It was the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter eight in verse 22 that, that wrote, is there no balm, B-A-L-M, is there no balm in Gilead? A well-known spiritual song applies the words of this verse this way. It says, there is a bomb in Gilead. Bomb is medicine, by the way. There is a medicine in Gilead. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin sick soul. Jesus is truly the medicine of all medicines. I want to submit to you today that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, is the medicine that transcends the earthly medicines of this world. Only Jesus can minister to not only your sickness, to not only your disease, but friend, only Jesus can minister healing to your soul today, your very soul. Jesus has the power to heal the human heart. There is more in the balm to heal than there is in guilt to wound. For there is more in grace to save than there is in sin to destroy. I always put it like this. God's, God's grace, God's grace is greater than our sin. God's grace is greater than our sin. If you know Jesus Christ today is your Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven today because God's grace is far greater than our sins. It was the blood of Jesus Christ, who is the, which is the balm that heals the deepest wounds of our sins. When we have fallen hard, he lifts us up and he restores our soul. So here we go again. 
Be of good cheer today. That's the words of Christ to you and me. Be of good cheer today because you are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Your sins have been washed by the blood of the sin cleansing blood of the lamb. Jesus has paid the price for your sin on the cross of Calvary this morning. You see, while you were still a sinner, guess what? Christ died on Calvary's cross for you. Secondly, finding the way up also means finding the miracle of faithfulness. Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 and following says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, verse 27 says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, here it is, be of good cheer. Then he said, it is I, do not be afraid. In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus' disciples found themselves in the middle of a raging storm on the Sea of Galilee. Let me tell you something, you might have found yourself in the middle of a raging storm this Sunday. But I want you to understand, even if you are experiencing turmoil in your life, even if you are experiencing a major storm in your life, maybe in your marriage or maybe in your home, let me tell you something. Jesus is someone who will come to you walking on the troubled waters of your soul today. Notice Jesus' reply in verse 27. In the midst of his disciples' storm, Jesus came walking on the sea, and this is what he said to them. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You see, it is possible today, church, to have peace with God, but not enjoy the peace of God in your life. Do you know that? Do you understand that? I see so many Christians today, they're saved, they've experienced God's forgiveness in their life, but even though they have made peace with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, they still are not enjoying the peace of God in their lives. Listen, God has something better for you than mere survival. God has something better for his church than merely existing. God doesn't want us to merely exist. God wants us to walk in the joy of the Lord. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Our attitude will be influenced by either faith or by fear. Faith leads to boldness. Faith leads to courage. Fear, on the other hand, leads to weakness. Fear, on the other hand, leads to instability. You see, God never meant for his church to live in fear. Stop living in fear. Exercise your faith in Jesus Christ. Don't bow a knee to the master of fear today. Say no to Satan, the tormentor of your soul, by saying yes to Jesus Christ, who will give his joy to you to overcome the fears of this life. 
It was Peter who said, Lord, if it's really you, if it's really you, Jesus, tell me to come to you on the water. What Peter was really saying to Jesus, show me that you are really the Messiah. Show me that you are really the Christ. What Peter was really saying to Jesus was this, show me that you are really God. Jesus said, come. You know the story of how Peter stepped out of the boat? But when Peter began to walk in the surface of those waters, those troubled seas, those troubled waters, that Peter began to get his eyes on those waves, on the turbulent oceans, instead of keeping his eyes solely focused upon Jesus Christ. Friend, it is during times of turbulence of which we are living in today that we have, by faith, we have got to keep our faith focused on Christ on nobody else but Jesus Christ. Don't focus your faith on who's sitting in the White House. Don't focus your faith on who the next political hero is. Let me tell you something. There's only one who is worthy of our worship today. There is only one who is worthy of our praise today, and that is Jesus Christ, our Savior. Jesus Christ, the King of kings. Jesus Christ, the Lord of all lords. Christ reached out to Peter, even in the midst of Peter's failure. It is not about how big your faith is, folks. Oh, listen, we, we know the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Don't get me wrong. But I want you to understand God is not as much concerned about our faith as he is concerned about our, our dependency upon him. It is not about how big your faith is today, church. It is about how big your God is. I want you to know we serve a great big God this morning. We serve a God that is above all other gods. Heaven is his throne, the Bible says. The earth is his footstool. I love what David Hagee said. David Hagee said, and I quote, faith starts out before you know how it's going to turn out. There is no such thing as a risk Free faith. Faith is about taking a chance with God. Faith is about stepping out of the boat like Peter stepped out of the boat that day when Jesus came walking to his disciples on the sea. Faith is about daring to trust the Lord for the impossible. Let me tell you something. If it isn't bigger than you are, it's probably not God. If you are not stepping out on a limb, it's probably not God's calling. I like what Tony Evans said. Tony Evans said, just because you cannot see the way does not mean that God doesn't have the way. Walk in faith. You see, Jesus was faithful to Peter, whether Peter was in the boat or whether he was out of the boat. Jesus was faithful to Peter when Peter was walking in faith and walking on the surface of the water, coming to him. Oh, whether Peter was sinking beneath the seas in desperation, clawing and crying out to him, Jesus was still faithful. It was the Apostle Paul that wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 13 where he wrote, no temptation no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. 
he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Let me say it again this morning. It is not the size of your faith that matters today. It is the size of your God that really counts when all is said and done. Finally, the way up means that you will find a miracle of power, a miracle of God's power. It is John chapter 16 and verse 33 that Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Oh, our world today has suffered much tribulation here lately, hasn't it? But Jesus said in the world, you're gonna have tribulation. In the world, in this life, on this side of glory, you're gonna have difficult times. You're gonna go through seasons of suffering. But notice what Jesus said next. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is a message for somebody this morning. I want you to hear it. Be of good cheer today because your Lord, your Savior, Jesus Christ, has already overcome this world. There's an old song that we used to sing often in the church entitled, You May Lose a Battle Now and Then, but Christ has already won the war. You may feel like you're down and out today, but I'm here to, to remind you this morning, don't give up. Oh no, don't throw in the towel. Why? Because the God that you serve, Jesus Christ, the King of glory, Jesus has already won the war for you today. Jesus said, be of good cheer today. Your sins are forgiven. Be of good cheer today. Jesus is faithful even when we are not. Be of good cheer today because Christ has overcome this world. In a seminary missions class, Herbert Jackson told how as a new missionary, he was assigned a car that would not start without a push. In other words, every time this missionary wanted to take his car somewhere, he would have to get out, put it in gear and push it in order for the car to start. After pondering the problem, he devised this plan and he kept doing this. He did this for several years, as a matter of fact. As he made his rounds, he would either park on a hill or he would leave the engine running, one of the two, if he was gonna be stationary for any length of time. He used this ingenious procedure for two whole years. Ill health forced this missionary and his family, the Jackson family, to leave and a new missionary came to that same station to replace him. When Jackson proudly began to explain his arrangement for getting the car started, the new missionary began looking under the hood of that car. Before the explanation was complete, the new missionary interrupted him, said, why, Dr. Jackson, I believe the only trouble that you have with this car is this loose cable. He gave the cable a twist, stepped into the car, pushed the switch, and to Jackson's astonishment, the engine roared to life. For two whole years, for two whole years, needless trouble had become 
routine. For two whole years, this missionary had to go through the, and exert the energy to shove this car off in order to get it started. And the, the only problem that was with that car was that the power was there, but there was no connection in order to enable the car to start. J.B. Phillips paraphrases Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. He paraphrases the scripture in the word of God, and he paraphrases it like this. How tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God. When we make firm our connection with God, his life, his power flows through us. Here lies the secret to our success in this life. Here lies the secret to the chaos of this life that we are living in. What is that? Staying connected to Christ. Staying plugged in to Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the scene brings much fruit. Listen, God can't do a new thing in us today until we are ready to let go of the old thing. The power has been with you the whole time. Only a loose connection with Christ is holding you back. Friend, it's time to get reconnected with Jesus today because only God can bless this mess. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word is truth. God, let us stay connected to Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Let your life-giving flow, flow not only into our lives, but flow through our lives and into the lives of those around us. This is the secret to our success. This is the solution, the source of our victory. Let us remain in Christ and stay plugged into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And it's in Christ's name we pray these things together. And the church said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day.